Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. You're telling us that you're completely disinteresting. Uninteresting. Not at all interesting. That's... You're right. I'm I'm truly boring. I've boring, seen people's that's... faces enough when I tell stories. Sometimes I stop partway through and nobody notices. <laughs> Want to set the scene for you real quick. The year is AD 67. About three years ago, there had been massive, massive fires in the Roman Empire. And the Emperor Nero decided that he was going to pin those fires on the early Christian church. And he was going to use that as an excuse to start persecuting Christians. Mm. And in a jail cell, dank and dim, near the end of his life, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to Timothy, who he's been mentoring for a lot of his life. And uh, a lot of historians say this is kind of him saying, here, I'm handing over the ministry to you. And here's what I want you to know. He knew it was the end of his ministry. I think Paul just said some beautiful stuff in this letter. Um there's a verse that I had heard for forever, but I'd never realized that this was the situation Paul was in. He was writing this in the middle of absolute national political chaos. Mm. And he said, still not ashamed of the gospel, mm. still about moving forward the kingdom of God. And he has this famous verse where he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power, of love and of self-control. And what's so striking about that to me is Paul doesn't say we need to have a spirit of power. We need to have this spirit of love. He says, you have it. God gave you the Holy Spirit. All you got to do is open yourself up to him. You've got that spirit of peace in you right now. And when you have that spirit of peace, you have the opportunity to share it with other people. And so if you're sitting in the middle of chaos right now, like I am, and my heart is churning and I'm trying to sort through how do I respond to this as a Christian, I want you to know that as believers, we have the spirit of God inside of us and he has made us able to be agents of peace. So we know that God has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And we know that with the gift of the Holy Spirit, we get the gift of a peace of mind and heart that is otherworldly. Just doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't right? make sense that a person should be at peace right now. And yet we still struggle. I still struggle oh, yeah. with anxiety, especially after um, what happened in Washington, D.C. and all the things that happened in 2020. I mean, we have been shaken to the very core of our comfort level. There's been so much ick in the last 365 days. I, I mean, none of us, I mean, we're five, we were, what, five days six days in to 2021 mm-hmm. this time that was supposed to be a time of new hope <laughs> and we're like well okay there it goes <laughs> there it goes so what can we do when you and i walk into a meeting at life 107.1 or when you walk into a meeting at your work inevitably you have an agenda mm-hmm. right you have something that you're trying to accomplish well shouldn't we be living our lives the same way I mean, I heard a sermon last Sunday at church about being mission minded in 2021. When you get up in the morning, what are you trying to accomplish? Jen, I'm trying to stumble to the coffee maker. (laughs) I get it. I get it. You know, usually my mission has to start after I've had that first cup of coffee. But in a general sense, in a big sense, as a Christian and a believer now in 2021, in the midst of extremely disturbing ununified, scary, chaotic times. What is our mission? 
And I don't know that it looks the same for everybody. I know that the Lord wants us to live in unity. I know that the Lord wants us to live in peace. But I do think that each one of us individually has to stand before God someday. And I think each one of us individually needs to decide how we're going to live out that unity and how we're going to live out that peace and how we're going to act out having a peace of mind that passes all understanding. I hope you have people in your life like I do. Yesterday, I was here at work and I was talking to Sarah, who works at our front desk, and she's like, how you doing? And, you know, a lot of us would have said, I'm fine. I'm good. Everything's good. And I was like, I'm really anxious today. Mm hmm. It's it's a hard day. All of this stuff that's happening is making me anxious. And I said, I'm just kind of trying to push through it. And she stopped and she like made me look right into her eyes. And she was like, no, you don't have to do this by yourself. She said, you are an outward processor. You need to talk about it so you can come talk to me. Wow. So I talked with her for a little bit about it. And then you wandered into my office later on and you and I talked through all of this. One of the things that This awesome guy, Taylor, who's with me right now, always brings up is the fact that the Lord has put us all in our own spot. You know, he's put us all in our own yard, so to speak. And one of the things that the Lord wants us to do is he wants us to make our yard green. We are to water it and tend it. So that could be your family. That could be your workplace. That could be your organization. It's the circle of influence that the Lord has put you in. And I told Taylor, I said, oh, that reminds me of a line from a rom-com. And Which she says to me often. <laughs> Taylor says, <laughs> of course it does. Which one, Jen? And I was like, well, I was thinking about there's a part in the, the movie while you were sleeping. Lucy, Sandra Bullock's character, is talking to Peter Gallagher, who's just wake, woken up from a coma. And she's talking to him about the fact that he he really is a good guy. She says to him, well, you give up your seat every day on the train. I watch you do it. And he says, well, that's not very heroic. And she says, it is to the person who sits in it. If the whole church does their version of giving up their subway seat, I think it's (laughs) going to make a big difference. You got a little sum sum going on over there, Jen. I do. This is my winter breakfast. It's you. You, sw- you kind of switch between uh, winter and uh, and spring breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Spring breakfast is you know I usually have eggs and fruit, but it's winter, so I got to go with my oatmeal. It's my overnight oatmeal. You That's have overnight oatmeal right inside a mason jar. What's yes. what's going on inside that that oatmeal? Oh, well, you know, there's a little bit of uh, honey and flax seeds and mm-hmm. and bananas. It's it's really good almond so, milk. Overnight oatmeal mm-hmm. in a mason jar mm-hmm. with flaxseed and almond milk. Yes. What? That's about as girly of food as it <gasps> comes, Jen. What? That is that that's woman food. It's are, it's fem fuel. Are you saying that Are you saying that there are foods that are like either boy or girl foods? Uh, you know what? I'd never thought about it that way, and I don't know why it is, but oatmeal with flaxseed and almond milk definitely feels like a more feminine food than, say, a dripping red steak. Well, you would like to know this then. There are actually studies that show that people do think of foods as being either masculine or feminine. Well, I have that inherent bias in me, and I'm people, so clearly the research is correct. Well, I got a question. Do you really think that oatmeal is a feminine food? I mean, it depends on what you put in it. If you cook up some carne asada and put that in there, then that's that's manly oatmeal. No, that's like bachelor food. How about a dollop of peanut butter? Oh, I did that yesterday. Yeah, yeah peanut Are you butter saying and oatmeal. That was masculine. Yeah, you you know 
Oh Embracing some masculine oatmeal <gasps> over there. Wait a minute. Are you saying peanut butter is masculine? I think it is. Oh, no. <laughs> now, whether you know it or not, you probably think of foods as being either masculine or feminine. I mean, we, we came across this article. Just this subconscious thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've got a greasy rack of ribs, that's manly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then things like quiche. And quinoa. <laughs> We think of those as girly or feminine, and it's it's kind of ingrained in us. But we're kind of curious if you realize that you've got yeah. these thoughts. So we're, we're just kind of putting it to the test today. We'll, we'll throw some foods at you and see, <laughs> see what you have to think about them. So, so here's an easy one, Curtis. Do you think steak is masculine or feminine? Masculine. Okay. Yeah. But I hope that doesn't mean that I'm not a masculine person because I would prefer a hamburger over steak. No, it's all in the same family. Oh, yeah. It's the same animal. Ham- hamburger is right. still masculine. Right. It's all in the same family. <laughs> but- would you believe that you think of food as either masculine or feminine? No, I don't do that, Taylor and Jen. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Food, food isn't boys and girls, but we think of it that way. <laughs> we totally do. Pretty much since the 19th century, people who make and market food have kind of been, you know, edging food into categories. Yeah. Either boy or girl or masculine yeah. or feminine. Lean and- cuisine, feminine food. <laughs> Stop it. I'm in Yo play, that's for women. Okay, those things, I guess I can kind of see it. But your view on peanut butter... Uh-uh. I, I feel like peanut butter is a masculine food. No! What do you think, Jana? Taylor, you've had too much eggnog. <laughs> I've had too much eggnog. Which, is eggnog masculine yeah. or feminine? <laughs> no, it's the fact that he thinks peanut butter is masculine. He's I know! I think peanut butter is manly. So does that mean almond butter is feminine because it's a butter instead of a almond peanut butter? I think so. Okay, that didn't make sense, yeah. Jenna. If, if it's a if it's a fancy nut, it's feminine, and almonds are fancy. <laughs> Again, too much eggnog. <laughs> too much eggnog. I don't know why, but but peanut butter feels masculine, and <laughs> almond butter feels feminine. I don't make the rules. I just I just speak my heart. You totally do make the rules. You're totally making up rules standing there. I'm not making up my feelings. I, just, I, don't, I don't control my feelings. <laughs> it's just you, you say a food and my heart is like, well, that's man food. <laughs> just consult me on these matters. I'll tell you whether your lunch is a boy or a girl. And suddenly we just trounced into an 80s movie. <laughs> my heart will tell you what's right. <laughs> my lunch is going to get a gender reveal party. Well, the idea was to ask you about what you think about foods being either masculine or feminine, but apparently this has come into a, a, a game of Ask Taylor. You know, I, I didn't <laughs> ask to bear this mantle, but when, when it is thrust upon you, you have to be ready to declare for people what foods are masculine and what foods are feminine. I got one straight for you there, Taylor. Okay. So explain to me what a petite sirloin is. <laughs> A petite sirloin? It's one they took off of a girl cow. <laughs> Good answer. I'll give him that. He was quick at his feet. <laughs> there is something just inspiring about the word new. When you come into the new year, mm-hmm. new me, new year, new everything. It's just that fresh start. It is. And we were talking about this earlier this week, how much I love the verse. It's in Revelation. And Jesus says, behold, I make all things new. Mm, I love that. And just that verse is like a, a, a drink of fresh water to me mm-hmm. when I read it. Because, And I was thinking about why, because I'm in the middle of getting some new floor in my kitchen. 
And in order to get that new floor, I've got to rip up the old floor and throw it away on a trash heap. That's not easy. It's not easy. But here's the thing. Jesus doesn't say, I'm going to get all new things. He says, I'm going to make all things new. Mm. He doesn't take the broken and scummy humanity, throw them out on the trash pile and get brand new ones from Lowe's to repopulate Earth. He takes us broken and grimy people and he makes us new. You were just talking about the word new. Yeah. And it reminded me of a verse that I've always kind of struggled a mm-hmm. little bit with in Second Corinthians. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Yeah. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I, I'm in Christ. I don't feel very new sometimes. Mm. And I'm kind of like, well, when? When does the new start? And why don't I feel new? I think the verse that I would point to after that is when Paul says, God is faithful to carry on to completion all the things that he began. And so maybe you aren't as new now as you are going to be, but you are becoming new. Ah. And I think there's a beauty in just because the story isn't where you want it to end doesn't mean it's over. I don't know what your emotions were as you were looking out the window last Tuesday. And saw the snow. The snow fell and fell and fell. You know, I'm not a huge fan of snow, but it was pretty. Yeah. And so I I went out. We had our brand new snowblower that I finally got to use. And I was so excited. I I got the the long, steep driveway all plowed away. Yeah. And I was very proud of myself. And then as I was relaxing in the house, (laughs) Lindsay looked at me and she was like, today was when they were supposed to come by and, and pick up the Christmas tree to be composted, right? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, is there any chance you buried that when you were snow plowing? <laughs> I oh, think I did. You buried your I'm going to have to excavate my Christmas tree. <laughs> because that's what's buried under the snow at your house? I've buried a Christmas tree. <laughs> so what are you going to do if the city's already gone through and picked up everybody else's Christmas tree and yours is still solidified there? <laughs> I think tomorrow they're supposed to come again. Okay. I th- that's so what-, what are you doing tonight, Taylor? I am hacking that out of the glacier like Captain America. Maybe you've got something buried out there under that snow. And this is a safe place. You can confess what's buried under your snow. So what would be the worst thing buried under the snow in your backyard that that you could possibly think of? Your kid or a dog? No, a snow shovel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? The snow shovel that I use to clean off my back deck is buried under the snow in my backyard somewhere because my kids were playing with it. (laughs) So have you gotten to it? Oh, no. I have no idea where it's at in the backyard. Okay, well, I think I know who should go find it, and it's not you. Right? Right. (laughs) So the snow came. Mm-hmm. And the snow did its job, which is to bury things at Taylor's house, my house, and maybe your house. What's buried underneath the snow? Well, it's not currently anymore, but my car was buried under the snow. Oh, oh no, no, McKenna! Was it on the street? No. <laughs> the other night, right before the big snowstorm came in, I drove home and my husband was like, okay, we're going to put it in the garage. So that way in the morning when you wake up, it, you know, you can get out. Well, well, then he plowed the driveway with the tractor and piled up all the snow in front of the garage door. And then when the sun started hitting the snow on top of the garage, all that snow ran down and piled right in front of the garage door. So my husband had to 
dig out my car from our garage. Oh, you put it in the garage and it got snowed it in. It got snowed in. I mean, it was a great thought, but... <laughs> So, Dr. Heidi, I'm actually kind of afraid to ask some of my friends what their word is for 2021. Because, sure. you know, we've talked about this before oh, yeah. on the morning show, Taylor. Like, choose a word for mm-hmm. the upcoming year and let yeah. that word be either your goal or, you know, something you want to learn about. I was looking at the word on my computer that I had put for 2020. You know what word was my 2020 word? No. What? Contentment. <laughs> oh, how'd that oh, go wow. for you? How'd that work out? Oh, man. I spent the entire year wishing that things weren't happening oh, and wanting man. something else. You know, <laughs> I wanted normal back. But boy, I tell you what, there could be some interesting words for 2021. There is. And I think it's worth picking a word that reflects how hard this year has been. The idea of uh, new year, new you. Like, I put a lot of effort into this you. I don't know that I want a completely new one. I want a wiser you. I want an updated you. I want to build on what I've learned in this last year so that maybe it's not all wasted. Okay. So I'm thinking words like grit. Like, what does it look like to practice resilience? What does it look like to recognize that, yep, things are probably still going to be challenging, but I'm going to take it one day at a time. Mm. And I think learning from your word, Jen, I think this year probably taught you a lot about contentment Mm -hmm. when you had a lot of the things that you thought you needed to be content taken away. I think you have something to build on there. So is 2020 my fault? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) You got got lots of opportunities. You got lots of opportunities to practice contentment. Well, it is true. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of things stripped away that we have taken for granted for many years. Yes. We long for them, but we also found that we could find peace without them. And our hope for this year can't be that all the things get fixed. There are lots of things that don't get fixed this side of heaven. We just don't get them back. And they are now part of our story. And what does it mean to build on that story, to move forward in hope in that story, recognizing that we have a living hope in Christ and that that is enough. And there are going to be good things. There are. In 2021. Absolutely. Because we have a good God. Mm -hmm. We do. And he will walk us through and hold us tight until we get to those good things. She taught me how to cook. And so I will always look up to her and be grateful to her. Her name is Ina Garten. Some people know her as the Barefoot Contessa. Yeah. Jen talks about her a lot. I love her. She's a big fan. Every single one of her cookbooks. She had a new one that came out. My sister got it for me for Christmas. I own all the books. I've read them from cover to cover because I'm a weirdo and I read cookbooks. But I don't think Ina Garten can do anything wrong. And now I realize that I love her even more. Because of the way she uses her dishwasher. She's uh, created quite the hullabaloo about this. I love how Instagram and social media, what all, can create tempests in a teapot over nothing. (laughs) But Ina Garten recently posted a picture of her dishwasher on social media. And it said something along the lines of, would somebody come and empty this for me? You know, and it was full. But what caught people's eye was what it was full of. Not only did she have her dishes and silverware in there, but she also had it loaded to the gills with her pots and pans. Big old pots and pans. Which is kind of... Well, apparently there's a lot of people out there, maybe you're one of them, who think it's verboten, absolutely no, 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 to put pots and pans in it because they started criticizing the barefoot Contessa, Ina Garten, who taught me how to cook, who taught me almost everything about my kitchen. They criticized her about what she was putting in her dishwasher. I I was told never to put pots and pans in the dishwasher. Well, Ina, being Ina, comes back with this. Hey, guys, I put anything and everything in the dishwasher. She said, I have an assistant 
that puts her birdcage in the dishwasher to clean it. Now, of course, she takes the bird out first. <laughs> a birdcage in a dishwasher. And I'm thinking to myself, well, why not? I mean, if Ina can do it. She's Ina Garten. She's the Barefoot Contestant. Um, you know, she has I a mean, TV show. I'm, oh, yeah. If someone has a TV show, then you listen to them. You know, it's much better than having a radio show. <laughs> what goes in your dishwasher? Do you wash pots and pans? Do you wash something weird? Jen, I'm realizing I am a dishwasher stickler. Oh, color me shocked. I'm I, so shocked that you would be a stickler about I, something and I have thought, strong opinions. I thought that I would be like, a, ah, whatever, if it fits, it'll go in there. But I realize, you know what? I don't, you know, I won't put my pots and pans in the dishwasher. Those got to be hand washed. Why? Because the nonstick gets too hot. I don't know. <laughs> but I remember my parents used to wash the dog's toothbrush in like the little utensil drawer down at the bottom. Oh, that's interesting. I'm fine with that. Maybe we should all put our toothbrushes in the dishwasher every once in a while. No. <laughs> Wait I, a minute. I, I would not wash my toothbrush in a dishwasher. Taylor. I would never wash a toothbrush in a dishwasher. You eat utensils that have been washed in the dishwasher. They go to the same place. But something's <laughs> different. I think it's the bristles. <laughs> The bristles can soak up the dawn and it doesn't get washed up enough. So you are, you're telling us that you're completely disinteresting, uninteresting, not at all interesting. That's <laughs> when it comes to your dishwasher. Can I get you a thesaurus, Jen? I know. You're right. I'm, I'm truly boring. <laughs> oh, there's that word. I've boring. seen people's faces word. enough when I tell stories. Sometimes I stop partway through and nobody notices. <laughs> I'm starting to realize that this is a very personal decision, yeah. how you use your dishwasher. People use it in all sorts of ways I wouldn't expect. Abby, do you watch something unexpected? Well, I do, but I feel like I should make sure Taylor is sitting down. Um, Sit down, Taylor. Okay, hold on. All right, hold on. He's grabbing his chair. Okay. okay. If he is not willing to wash toothbrushes, I don't know if you know, but Crocs, the shoes, you know, with the holes, they get really super clean in dishwashers. No. 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 Yes. No. Yes. And I'm telling you, you just got to try it. But all those foot germs would be flying germs. around in your dishwasher. Do you put them in with the dishes? No, 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 no. You run no. a whole load just for Crocs. And I have five kids, so I can fill a load. <laughs> I mean, so just, just a Croc load. It's all Crocs. It's a load of Crocs. <laughs> it's a load of Crocs. They come out so nice and shiny. <laughs> And we have a new tagline for Taylor and Jen oh. in the morning. It's a load of Crocs. A nice and shiny load of Crocs. See? We're finding out there's a lot of ways you can use your dishwasher. Yeah, what's going on with you, Bryce? I found this recipe called dishwasher salmon. What? Salmon. They cook it in the dishwasher? Yes. No. Yes. Yes. How? If I keep saying no, can you make it go away? <laughs> oh, that's the third no. Never mind. It doesn't exist. Oh, no! You season your salmon any way you want, and then you put it on the top rack, and you run it one cycle, and the heat cooks the salmon. He's not lying. It's right there. The Food Network has it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Bryce. Bryce, I don't know if I ever I... wanted to know that. Uh, uh. <laughs> Why would you cook salmon in the dishwasher? 
Is it just to say that you did last night? I made my salmon in the dishwasher. I mean, is that to impress somebody? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how you get the dates. The dates. You go. You go to the, the singles dates. ministry at church. <laughs> and you tell everybody I made dishwasher salmon last night. The dates. And then you're not allowed in the singles ministry anymore because you aren't single anymore. <laughs> that's how it works. I was like, really, Lord. This is the word you're going to give me? <laughs> we do this every year, and, and I don't know if you do this too, but you know, Taylor and I usually chat a little bit about our word for the year. This is something that we started a couple years yeah. ago. And uh, last year, I had my word written on a uh, post-it note, and I put it underneath my monitor here at work. It said contentment. <laughs> mm. And then God gave you a pandemic. <laughs> and then God gave us a pandemic and all sorts of other things in 2020. And you know what? He did teach me a lot about contentment. Yeah. But it did teach me also to be very careful about the word that you choose because you have no <laughs> idea how the Lord is going to teach you about it. So this year, oh, I was probably about two weeks ago, I started thinking about, okay, what's my word for 2021? Yeah. This is so exciting. This is kind of going to set my course you know, for this year. What am I going to be focusing on? And so I started praying. Mm -hmm. God, give me a word. Well, this word popped into my head, and I was like, "No, no, no, that's 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 not the right word." So, that's wrong. Yeah, no, I, I'm I, try again. God. I must not be hearing him right, and so I kept praying about it, and the same word kept popping up in my head, and finally, I was like, "God, no, I don't like this word." <laughs> and then he said, "Jen, where do you think I got this word from?" And I had to go back to one of the songs from 2020 here at Life 107.1 that really struck me, Raise a Hallelujah mm. by the Helsers. You know, just the idea that you are going to praise the Lord God Almighty no matter what yeah. with the word Hallelujah. And that word Hallelujah, it just kind of, it means everything. Mm -hmm. I give you Everything. I agree with everything. I surrender everything because you, the Lord God of the universe, you're why I'm here. You're why we exist. Everything is for your glory. I don't have to fear. Hallelujah. So that's your word for the year. Hallelujah. So Jen took her word from 2020, kind of from a song on Life 107.1. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of the places that I continue to hear the word. Yeah. Hallelujah. So 2021, my word is hallelujah. And, you know, you took it from raise a hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this word's been around for a long time before that. But it's such a beautiful song. And I love that you mentioned it because one of my favorite lyrics in everything on Life 107.1 is in Raise a Hallelujah, where they say, I raise a hallelujah louder than my unbelief. <laughs> and I think that's such a beautiful thing because hallelujah, I, I went and Googled this just a second ago. It, it literally just translates to praise God yeah. and like intensely praise God. Like that hallel word in, in Hebrew apparently is just this really intense, joyous praise and I think there's something really powerful about that of recognizing that I don't understand all the certainty around me. Maybe I even doubt that God's going to do what I want him to do. But I know in my head that he's good. Yeah, and because we know his nature. And so we can raise hallelujah and we can sing it even louder than that unbelief. Sometimes we have to scream down the parts of us that don't want to say it. <laughs> but we can raise a hallelujah in 2021. I think we all have hopes 
for 2021. Yeah. Tempered, I know they may be, because we never know. I mean, if there's anything that 2020 taught us is that we just don't know. It's not in our hands. It's in God's hands. But often at the beginning of the year, people take a word. It just kind of defines where they want to be, how they want to walk, how they want to frame the new year. So do you have a word, Paul? I do. It's called restore. God will restore double unto me what the enemy has taken. Mm. Zechariah 9.12. That's a great word, I really Paul. like that. How did you come to it? Because I lost a lot in 2020, mm. and God is the master of restoration, and he will restore. That is very true. I like that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Paul. You're welcome. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's going to be a great year. I like that a lot. Yeah, restore. You know, I think one of the statements from Jesus that's meant the most to me at the end of the year is where he says, behold, I make all things new. I love that. Isn't that like resonating with your soul right now? It, it, yes. Right? I may or may not have made that into a password somewhere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that phrase. Cool. <laughs> I I think we're all praying for that in 2021. This has been the Taylor and Jen podcast. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.